Black Flag, Fear, Circle Jerks, The Adolescents, Minutemen, Descendants, Agent Orange, The Vandals, Social Distortion. Just some of the names of Orange County hardcore punk bands from the 80s. Angst-ridden coastal suburban youth railing against the surrounding white-bred neoconservatism of the Reagan era. Now, mix that up with the zenith of surf and skate culture, and you've just concocted yourself one hell of a combustible Molotov cocktail. These were the foundational influences that helped create a young man who was just tinkering around with a camera as a purely amateur documentarian of his tumultuous world. That amateur passion would grow until one day he discovered that you can actually get paid for it and make a name for yourself. Well, he's all grown up now and is a world-renowned award-winning photographer. His name is Brent Broza, and he regales us with an oral series of snapshots about his life on this episode of $5 Buzz. Step inside, lock the door behind you. Please make sure the towel is properly positioned. You're stepping in on another episode of $5 Buzz. Uh, my name is George Kursar, uh, all by my lonesome on the East Coast in uh, Fairfield, Connecticut. Uh, we're getting through the winter, but you guys are probably having a better time than I am. Uh, Roger in Los Angeles, what's going on, man? Uh, you know, nothing. I got a, told you last night I scored a free ticket. To go see Bjork at the Shrine Auditorium. That was kind of it was a wild show. That was a lot of fun. It was very chilly out though, but nowhere near where you guys are at. You got you guys locked in on the snow. Like uh, how, how how bad are you compared to Massachusetts? Um, we it wasn't as bad as uh, they said it was going to be. It was probably about forty degrees here today, so it's not bad. Uh, you know, I think the groundhog might have saw a shadow, but we're we're getting through it, man. And he didn't come out. He's dead. Yeah. He died. Yeah, so there was there was none of that today. Pete Liska, what's going on, man? Uh, also in Los Angeles, what's up, man? Good, man. Uh, excited to uh to to do another one here. Yeah, man. Well, I'm really excited today to uh, introduce to the listeners to Brent Broza, who is also in Los Angeles, and uh, yes, sir. Most folks will probably be familiar with his photography, but he's also an artist, uh, visual artist, and um. You know, he's worked with uh, a lot of bands and we'll get into all that. So, Brent, how's it going, man? Doing great. Thanks, you guys, for having me. Super yeah. stoked to do this. Yeah, man. Well, I just wanted to start out with a little story before we start talking about all things uh, uh, Southern California. I met you. I don't know if you're going to remember this, but we met through one of my good friends and one of your good friends. His name is Brian Clancy. Of course. And a lot of the, our listeners will know him because he's done two wine tasting episodes with us. And uh, I jumped on a plane, I want to say it was either 06 or 07, I can't recall exactly what year, and uh, it was in February, Clancy's, I come out here, I was single at the time, it was probably the last trip I took without uh, my now wife, so I jammed out to Maui, and it was right around this time of year, February, and Clancy's like, well, a bunch of people are partying up at this house and uh it's valentine's day and anyone that's not out on a date is going to this party so i went to the party and i wound up meeting you and there was another dude at the party who was i think his name was tom thayer who played for the 85 chicago bears do you remember that guy of course yeah i i see tom from time to time uh when i go to hawaii or uh i've been to chicago a couple times and seen him 
Yeah. And is, I think he's still doing the radio broadcast. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yep. He's still doing the, all the radio stuff uh, for the NFL. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. It was really cool to meet him. And there was a bunch of other cool people there, but I always remember you had like a pretty dope collection of like uh, old school uh, skateboard decks and uh, other cool stuff. So I kind of always remembered who you were and Clancy always spoke really highly of you. And then I kind of followed what you were doing and um, you're back in uh, LA or the South Bay area, I guess that yes. would be known at. So Maybe you could just tell the little the listeners a little bit about what it was like growing up. I mean, I come from the East Coast and, you know, where you come from was kind of like was exporting California culture back in the old days, whether it was like Gleaming the Cube or um, Point Break or everything between surfing, the music, skateboarding. You were like right there in Ground Zero, right? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, grew up in Manhattan Beach in South Bay. You know, but, um, you know, next door we have, you know, Hermosa Beach and Redondo Beach. And so grew up in the full surfing skateboard culture. You had a lot of punk rock roots right there with Black Flag and the Descendants, uh, Pennywise. Um, See so your shirt. I think it's a Minutemen shirt, which That's is. Indeed, uh, your shirt. Yeah, San Pedro, but From still. Pedro, uh, baby. Pedro. <laughs> so, um yeah, it was really, it was really cool to uh, grow up in this area. You know, my grandparents were here, my parents, and we're, you know, and we were raised here. So I uh, feel very fortunate. And I'm still here. You know, I, I was in Hawaii for a couple of years in Maui, as you were talking about. And I still go there every, you know, once or twice a year and uh, do some shooting and visiting and stuff like that. But um I'm back home. <laughs> now, were you, uh, as a younger man, were you involved? When did you really get interested in photography and like the visual arts? Was that like prior to your time uh, hanging out in Hawaii or, and maybe you could tell us what led you out there because that was a pretty interesting uh, scene that was going out there in Maui. Yeah. Well, um, photography, you know, both my parents, my mom and my dad uh, shot photos as hobbyists. You know, my dad always had, camera bodies and lenses and stuff like that and just shot stuff um he just really liked it but my mom did quite a bit of shooting photos just of parties and friends and stuff like that and she did scrapbooking you know back in the day and I still have some of the albums of that stuff and so um so I mean I always liked that but overall I've always loved art for a long time you know um collecting art and stuff like that and um, about 2004, I started dabbling a little bit into, um, into some photography and I took a class, but I dropped out of it pretty quickly because it was a little too complex for me. Like all the settings and all that different stuff. I was like, oh man, I don't know all the, the math behind it all. I'm not like a real tech guy of it, but I knew enough to figure out kind of what I wanted to do. And, um, and then around when I moved to Hawaii in 2005, um, my dad sent me out like this little Kodak camera, like a four megapixel camera. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was so beautiful there and stuff. So I just wanted to shoot some photos and I could. And I started really getting um, just really into it there. And I didn't really have the finances at that time to get into a full camera system. And so it took me 
well, I guess it, it took me a little longer down the line uh, to when I actually moved back to Los Angeles to get a, a camera and I kind of lucked into that situation. It's kind of a complex thing because when I went out to Hawaii, I'm sorry if I'm over the, all over the place here, but when That's I was out in Hawaii, I was selling wine. So I was out there in Hawaii visiting my friend on vacation originally back in like, I think, I think it was 2004, 2005. I think it was 2005. Um, and then that's where I met Brian Clancy. He was a good friend of my, my other buddy, uh, Rob Myers. And so we started, we hit it off and we ended up drinking a lot of wine. And he knew that I, cause I've been in the wine business since 1992. So, you know, coincidentally, my buddy Rob had a friend, Brian. And so we'd drink wine and stuff like that. And I just had a really good time when I was in Hawaii. I was really enjoying myself. Rob showed me a great time. I was like, gosh, if I get a job out here, it'd be amazing. And so coincidentally, one of Brian's buddies, he had, I'm sorry that this texting is going off. I don't know how to turn it off. <laughs> I'm getting lit up right now. Right. But um, he, uh, he goes, actually, my buddy, he, he's running the west side of Maui. And I think he's quitting soon, maybe. I was like, well, if I get a job out here, it'd be cool. So I reached out to the company and I, and I said, Hey, any chance you might be hiring? And she goes, well, we are, but it's on the West side of Maui. And I go, that's where I want to go. And so I ended up putting my, you know, putting it out there and it just kind of all went together. And a few months later I was out living in Maui, selling wine. So what, so what was it when, or when was it that you started getting, <clears throat> when did you start getting paid? <laughs> for doing oh, for photography stuff oh yeah let's, let's jump okay in sorry so, so um well it was weird because i was there from until 2008 i got a phone call that my dad had terminal cancer and so i said i need to get back and spend whatever time i have with my dad to be with him so i moved back with him and he so when i moved back to la to take care of my dad um, he had a brand new Canon camera that he bought for himself, but he wasn't able to use. Sorry about the barking dog here. Um, he wasn't able to use due to his, uh, his illness. And so the times when I would, um, we were watch or taking care of my dad, I'd have breaks, you know, my brother would watch or my dad's girlfriend and stuff like so on and so forth. I would take the camera out and start going out and shooting photos. And so I posted them, I believe it was like MySpace at that time, or Facebook was still a little bit of a thing. And I um, would post them and people were like, Hey, are you, are these your photos? I'm like, yeah. And like, Oh, cool. You know, and are you selling them and how much are they and stuff? And I just I'm like, Oh, I never really thought about that. So I started just, um, I started getting addicted to it because I, I would shoot everything. I'd go do all this you know, friends have parties and go with my camera. It's like, I'd be at every party, you know, you know, uh, shooting stuff or any event locally around here. A lot of candid um, stuff, right? A lot of, that, a lot of candid. Yeah. Of like, yeah, yeah. I was kind of, yeah. Capturing the essence of what was happening around you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, right after that, it was like, um, uh, Jack Johnson had a concert, uh, in Santa Barbara and, um, I'd known him from, uh, Years before, when I used to uh, live on Oahu with my brother, on and off for a couple months at a time, 
And um, so my buddy is really good friends. Jack said, Hey, he's playing in Santa Barbara. Do you want to go to the show tonight? I'm like, for sure. I go, is there any way I might be able to get a photo pass? And so I um, went, we went up there, shot the show and, you know, I'm just like shooting photos there and they let, usually when you shoot a concert, you know, you get to shoot like three, three songs. But with this, um, they give me a pass and I, I, I shot the whole show. So it's like me by myself pretty much in the pit after three songs and just shooting away, you know, just never know if I'm going to get the opportunity again to do yeah. that. Um, did that. And a um, uh, few months later, I was uh, shoot, uh, exchanging emails with his wife. She says, actually, he has a new album coming out and can we use one of your photos for the album artwork on the inside? You know, I'm like, sure that'd be great you know and this super- is right around the time when jack johnson was like i mean he's a big artist but he was commercially pretty at the peak of his powers around that time right yeah he was i mean this is 2008 um sleep through the static album was uh coming out or was out and you know it just it was just so cool to be able to have that you know and just shoot and take my time and try to get some good shots i didn't really know what i was doing it's like a first concert i really kind of have i've shot so i mean i've shot stuff in the past just with a disposable camera and stuff but you know i was like really happy to get some shots and stuff and i was uh, excited that they liked one of the shots and then from great. there what a great foray into into that world what a great what a great way into that that kind of experience i mean that's just it just goes to show you that experience is better than education in so many ways. Just diving right in, jump in the deep end and go, go get that shot. And it was your own intuition. that got the, uh, the press pass to do it. Yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. It was because, you know, it's getting access is everything. You know, if you get access, you know, at least you have a chance to get something, yeah. right? Try to get yeah. a shot, something like that, yeah. you know, and I've been shooting Jack every concert when he comes to LA ever since. And I, if I'm in Hawaii, I've shot him up in Santa Barbara at the, at the Bull, at the Arlington Theater. I've shot the Kakua Festival in Hawaii, you know, um, at the Greek Theater, Hollywood Bowl, yeah. you know, a lot of places. Yeah. So that, that was kind of, that was just like a really neat thing That because it was so new to me and like to get published was very exciting. And then I, uh, shortly thereafter, I got some photos in Surfer Magazine. And that was like a really um, big thing for me. So, um, so a lot of action surf, uh, surf uh, surfing action shots. Yeah. Well, that one was actually for Kelly Slater's 3D movie that came out in T- yeah. Ultimate Wave Tahiti. And I shot just some of the shots around the premiere. And, and he they, also lives in Hawaii. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think, yeah, he lives there. And, and I think, I think, yeah, then he's got places elsewhere too, I believe. Um, but I've, been you know with pennywise to australia and i shot photos of kelly slater singing you know broham on stage with uh, pennywise i have great photos of that so it's it's been great i've shot a lot of bands since the very beginning of that because i for me it was like i i just like to shoot what i what i think is cool i shoot i shoot musicians i shoot a lot of artists in their studios or even like, you know, graffiti writers and stuff like that. You know, if they're doing murals, stuff like that, I'll shoot them there. If there's art, uh, artists that do stuff in their studio, I like capturing the art behind the art. 
Right. And so, you know, and I do surfing, um, a little bit of skateboard stuff, um, musicians, artists for the most part. And then I make my living as a landscape artist. So getting down to uh, your question was that um, I started just taking photos, scenic photos of landscapes. And I walked into a gallery, Riley Arts Gallery in um, Manhattan Beach. Cause I was trying to peddle my own stuff. And I was like, I didn't know the prices to sell them at. And I just didn't know anything about it, you know? And I, I'm like, oh, let's see if I can walk into a gallery. Maybe they'll take my stuff. And she was like, oh yeah, I'll bring these in. She goes, I love these. And the first day she sold a piece for $975. And I was trying to sell it for $375 on my own. I couldn't, but I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like this is, you know, you know, that was a lot of money. You know, still is a lot yeah. of money. You know, it's like, wow, this is incredible. And somebody wants to pay for one of my photos. And so um, I've had this relationship with uh, Kim Riley at Riley Arts in Manhattan Beach ever since then. And I still work with her today. So. So the timeline really is you're you're an amateur photographer, you know, starting out, you uh, became a landscape artist. Is that what you said? Is that was your? Is that really where you started to mix the two? And then you st- you had a lot of friends who were musicians and or surfers and or skaters. Probably shot a lot of them on an amateur basis just for your own. And then once you got tagged with the Jack Johnson bit then all these photos started to actually mean something beyond just your own personal collection. Is that kind of how the, the, the Genesis goes? Yeah. Something like that. You know, it just started out organically. I was just trying to shoot anything, you know, an opportunity is like, if I can find a great opportunity that that speaks to me, I'm going to try to shoot it. And I still try to do that to this day. Right. You know? And so, um, you know, I, and I love music. So if there's a chance and there's a big artist I want to shoot, if there's a possibility, if I have an end somehow, I'm going to try to try to do that. And Brent, I think uh, Brian told me that you grew up with some of the guys in Pennywise. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah. I grew what up what with... was it like to see um, some of your buddies that you grew up with go on to like very, uh, very outside success and playing big festivals and just being, known out to the wider world than just you know your buddies it's got to be a pretty awesome uh experience right and then it's incredible them as well right yeah it's incredible i mean they're such nice guys you know first and foremost they're just regular regular guys you know and so yeah. there's no attitude or ego they're just really nice guys and so it's just and if you know any of the music or hear about the shows or see the shows they're very inter- interactive with their fan base and their Brohem song they have everybody on the stage and stuff. It's really cool. And I've been all, I've been to so many places. I've done the whole East coast with those guys. I've done other States. I've been to Hawaii with them. I've been to Australia with them and I've met a lot of other people through them. And um, I'm very grateful for everything that they, they've done for me. That's, that's cool. He's going to always say, you know, most people that are uh, play either punk rock or heavy metal or metal, tend to be actually everybody has this like, picture or vision of them you know uh, collectively most of the people i've ever worked with or known within those genres 
have always been extraordinarily nice people. <laughs> just regular Joes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like Jim, the singer, he's like he's like my best friend. You know, it's like um, just a really, really cool guy. And he has a new solo album that just came out and it's incredible. So it's a, it's a big change from Pennywise. Now he has an acoustic album that um, I think the vinyl comes out in May, I think. Um, but it's out on, I think, all the music vehicles that are out there already. So growing up where you grew up, did you, <clears throat> your taste when growing up, outside of what your parents influenced you, what, what what music did you start to discover on your own? Was that was that sort of like the, you know, you grew up when I was, you know, I'm born in 1968, so I'm older than you, I'm sure. And then I, you know, it was a, a lot of stuff that, um, a lot of 60s rock and roll. But then it was when I discovered for myself Black Flag and the Germs and Husker Du and the Minuteman and Iggy Pop and all that that everything sort of changed for me, you know? So what was that like for you? When did you hit growing up in that area? I would imagine you were, you were surrounded by the, uh, that, that orange County hardcore scene. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, very much. So, I mean, my first concert I ever went to all the moms in our, we had walk streets is where we grew up in the area where I grew up in Manhattan beach. And, um, a couple of the families, our moms took all the kids and our, and this is 1977 when I was eight and we saw, the Kiss Live 2 tour with uh, Cheap Trick opening up at the Forum. Nice. That was my first concert. Ever. So, okay. like, all the moms took all the kids. And uh, that was really cool. People are jealous of those of us. I'm from Los Angeles, too, growing up. Yeah. We, we get to really brag a lot of shit. Because I saw Elton John at Dodger Stadium as a kid. Yeah. A Ted Nugent, Leonard Skinner at uh, Anaheim Stadium when I was a kid. You know, I mean, whatever, Ted Nugent. But you know what I'm saying? When 1976, that was cool. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. We we were lucky growing up here because we got everybody fucking played here. So one thing we've yeah, learned for about- sure, like like my my brother is four years older than me, so my brother was into punk, so he kind of paved the way for me. So he'd bring home all this stuff, you know, all this killer, you know, of course, you know, Black Flag, and then you have David Bowie back in the day and Queen, and um, I mean, she's a Motorhead. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, Misfits, all this, you know, Minor Threat, SOA, um, you know, Black Flag, all this. Stuff. I used to write Jeff Nelson, the drummer. E-R-I-T-S-O-L. Yeah. Yeah. P-S- I mean, there's like so many really cool um, bands. I used to sneak into the Black Flag Church when I was like 11 years old. You went to the church, huh? Yeah. God damn. That must have been cool. They, they lived in a church back in the day. Yeah, they were... I don't think they were maybe there at that time, but there were still a lot of uh, robo time. A lot of that stuff was still around in there. And it was pretty sketchy. There were like homeless people living in there and it was, it was pretty, it was pretty hardcore. It was the church, but not with them in it. (laughs) Yes. I see. Yeah. That's awesome. And Brent, I know like one artist that was pretty prominent in, in that era too. And you got to work with them and, uh, I, it's a an artist that I've seen twice, uh, Mike Ness or Social Distortion. I've seen him at the Stone Pony down in uh, the Jersey Shore, and I've seen him play at the Capitol Theater, and he's awesome. Uh, did you get to – do you know Mike at all, or what was it like working with him for uh, – um, I don't know Mike. I've never met him. Big fan of Social Distortion. I've been fortunate enough to uh, shoot them. Got some great photos, but um, – I, 
I, I don't know, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. It, Wait, do you know Bad Otis Link? Who? He's, he, Bad Otis Link. He's, he's old, us, but he was uh, the artist that did all of the merch art for Social Distortion and TSOL and the Circle Jerks down in Orange County. He did the original Red Hot Chili Peppers logo. Um, you know, that became their logo uh, yeah. years later. He was, um, anyway, he's he's a buddy. He lives out in uh, Pioneer t- near Pioneer Town now okay. out there. But uh, I just thought maybe you would But I'm sure you know who Ed Culver is. And I'm probably, you probably cross paths with him too. I mean, they were yes. all part of that same circle. Yeah. Uh, Ed Culver, I mean, he's well before my time, but yes. that guy's legendary. And yeah. the photos he has are incredible. And the stuff that he was doing, um experimentally and the vision he had at that time with really not a lot to work with is quite impressive i love following his instagram he has really nice stories and cool things that go along with uh the photo session that he did with the bands and then uh, also but um george was telling me too that you were uh you hung out with some of the dogtown boys was that right well well, I mean, or Peralta in particular. What's that? Oh, Stacy Peralta, perhaps. No, not Stacy. Uh, my uh, my brother hung out with the crew that was friends with uh, some of the Dogtown guys, Tony Alva. Yeah, um, and a couple of those guys back in the day. Um, but I myself, I was a bit younger. Yeah, you're a little uh, yeah to hang yeah, around. But those they, um, they'd even come in yeah. to the South Bay area. Um, and they were mutual friends with a lot of our friends that were in that punk scene as well, and that skating, surfing scene. And then, when, but what era did you get into with the surfers? Was that like Tommy Curran era, or was when, but when year was that? Well, yeah, I probably started surfing like right, you know, uh, I don't know, eighth grade, maybe going into high school, started doing it more seriously, I think. Um, yeah, Tom Curran was the man back then. Still like my favorite surfer. Yeah. You know, uh, till this day. I was, I was side. I'm not a surfer, but I, I hung out when the surf culture, my uncle was a big surfer in the sixties. His name was Randy Randall. And then his, um, my, uh, cousins, his, his, his sons, David was big in that scene. So I'd run into those guys all the time down the beach. I'd go and hang out and, you know, I like body surfing and I like reading on the beach. You know, I was more of a, uh, internal guy at that time you know hanging out with all those surfers I always thought it was kind of a meathead culture but i i have a due respect for it as i get older you know i've had to sit through big wednesday and endless summer more than i ever cared to admit oh man those are great movies <laughs> really, really really good love those yeah. um go ahead i was gonna say hey pete why don't we take a quick break and then you want to bring us back in and we'll talk about uh, some of the stuff that sure. it's done with like, yeah, I got a couple uh, questions. Pete, yeah. yeah. Pete, Pete, I know you got some questions and I I'd love to hear about like uh, the other artists you work with, like uh, Mr. Cartoon and those other folks, uh, Shepard and uh, all that stuff. Okay. So that's cool to talk about. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Hey everybody. This is Eric from Slate River Farms. You may remember me from episode one titled Farm to Toilet. I'm just dropping by to remind you to please follow $5 Buzz on Instagram. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscription bell on YouTube. That way, you'll never miss an episode. 
The Buzzards have some great content locked and loaded for Season 3. I know I'm excited. Also, please check out Slate River Farm's website and our socials. We raise and sell certified grass-fed, grass-finished beef and pastured heritage breed pork on our fourth-generation family farm in upstate New York. Order online and we'll ship our goods directly to your doorstep via one-day shipping for all of New England, New York, New Jersey, and PA. From our pastures to your doorstep, life gets crazy. At SRF, we believe in peace, love, and pork chops. We are back um, and hanging out with Brent here and uh, awesome conversation so far. Um, just to switch gears just a little bit, um, I was curious, you know, you're, you're a photographer and I had thought about this earlier when you're talking about your dad and how in your mom, how they had photo, how your dad always had lenses and cameras and stuff. Do you, for one, do you shoot on 35 millimeter or, or SLR style camera? And for two, what do you think about the technology and phones now versus equipment you would use? Mm. Well, I, I shoot just digital SLR. Um, I work on a Canon 5D Mark IV and nice. all the L lenses that pretty much go along with it. I have a 400 2.8 that's really nice. I use that for surfing when I'm doing a lot of uh, distance stuff. Like from the uh, beach, or do you go and do you go, do you go out, do you get out there and uh, and shoot from the water? A little bit, but for the most part, I'm doing it from the beach. And like like especially when I go back to Hawaii, um, like I've shot at Jaws and um, oh cool. In uh, Maui, you know, quite a few times, and um, I was fortunate to win the WSL Big Wave Awards photograph awesome. in 20, 2016 and 2018 with the same surfer, uh, Aaron, Aaron Gold. And uh, uh, in 2016, that's that wave is still in the Guinness Book World Records for the biggest wave ever paddled into at 63 feet. Jesus! So you have a you have the dimensions of a little man and a very large wave over him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible though. It's a, that's a, that, I mean, that must've been a sight just to see in person, feet. much less see it. Wow. Yeah. 63 <laughs> feet. That was in 2016. Then I was back in, in 28 in 2018. I was out shooting again, my same spot, get another photo. I submit it. We go win. it was Aaron gold, the same guy that won it in 2016 on a 55 foot wave. Dude. these guys are animals i love shooting big waves because the power and and just like the athleticism in these guys and stuff i mean it's incredible like when you see it in person versus like a photo yeah. they're really putting their life on the line for this and um but getting back into your did you surf question, too i mean did you get out there in those waves no i shoot from the cliff okay but no i'm but talking you, you no can't... i mean do you put the camera down and get yourself on a board and get out there and go. Oh, yeah. Swim. I mean, I surf. I don't, I don't surf as much anymore because yeah. I'm busy doing other things, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I miss it. I, um, I, I just don't surf as much as I do. I'm I'm saying, have you gotten those big waves yourself? No, no, not not the big bigs. Okay. No, just regular, regular stuff. At this point in my life, I'm not looking to impress anybody. <laughs> no evil um, can evil. Yeah. But with uh, getting back to your question about technology and phone stuff, I mean, phones take incredible photos. However, I just, I like the feel of um, the camera and uh, I don't 
even though people say like, oh, it's got this many megapixels on the phone and stuff, I just find it to not be very sharp. Just my opinion. And I just think that at the end of the day, it's a phone that has a camera opposed to being a camera. Well, the, you know, that's the thing is it's a philosophical thing almost at some point. It might have the technology to match, but if you don't have the passion or the understanding and the feel and shooting and, and an eye and composition and all everything that goes along with being a professional photographer, what good is a, is a camera of that caliber on your phone anyway? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's a commitment carrying a camera around. Mm-hmm. They're, they're heavy, they're cumbersome, they take up a lot. I mean, when I go on a trip, I have my big, huge backpack that's full of, you know, two bodies, whatever lenses, you know, and that's like my, pretty much like kind of my carry-on. Then if I have to take my 400 with me, that's another carry-on. So I can't even carry anything else on, you know? And then I, then it comes to the point like, oh, now I have to check a bag because if I want to bring my, you know, my tripod or anything else that I might need or fins or my um my water housing you know so i have to carry all this all this yeah. stuff and i don't have like a backpack to put like my my personal things into yeah. um, so it's a lot of stuff and it's a lot easier taking a phone out and going click click which is cool because you can you can get a shot but odds are i'm not gonna be able to blow anything up uh substantially with tack sharpness that that i like yeah Excellent, man. I mean, and you're going to want to blow up a huge wave with a little person in it. I mean, that's got to be, I would love to see that photo. Where, where can I find that photo? Just look at it. You can find it on my website on brozaphoto.com. Cool. B-R-O-Z-A. Um, my Instagram, you know, uh, that stuff. You'd have to go down to the years of 20, what is it, 2016 and 2018. Excellent, um, man. And you can find one of them on the Guinness Book World Records uh, website. <laughs> um so but that's you know it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work um taking that camera out because people a lot of times see uh, just a finished image like oh i can shoot that or do whatever but they don't see behind the scenes if you have to get up at five o'clock in the morning go scout a location try to set up for this shot find the shot hopefully it turns out the way you're envisioning it or the weather's poor or it's raining or it's foggy or, you know, all the, there's so many different factors and variables that go in with it. It's not that you're showing up and it's like, Oh, here's this beautiful sunset. And it's that easy. There's a lot of work and planning that um, tides. And if you're looking for clouds or no clouds, sometimes you have to wait around for days or weeks to actually get what you want to achieve. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of. Yeah. Especially when you're shooting nature stuff, man, I give it up to all those nature photographers especially ones that are out there searching for that one animal that will spend oh yeah well, they will yeah, be, they will be in there for months in that in that climate in their little hut you know just waiting for that one moment and yeah, if they get it man it paid off you know if they get it yeah uh, it really is you know at times a waiting game oh yeah you get that special moment you know just a little flicker of a uh, time right there it's true when, when did you start uh, painting? I started painting in 2018. <laughs> so this one behind a new me. Passion. What's that? It became a new passion. Just not too long ago. Yeah. You know, I've been into art for so long. Yeah. Um, I've really, I've been collecting art for over 20 years. And um, 
So I always liked it. And that's even like when I got into photography, it's like I wanted to try to be an artist at, in some capacity, you know, and uh, photography is like, I just, maybe I can get into it somehow or figure something out. And I just, I just love everything about art and, you know, painting, you know, uh, photography, just anything. And I'm always up open to learn different things. And, you know, this, like the one behind me, this is called Corona named after the Minuteman song. There it is. So, so these colors, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the photographs that I do, the, the blurred, the blurred horizons at all. Yeah. Those so are amazing, I, dude. thank you. Really cool. Thank you. I started doing these style of paintings to kind of intersect the, the horizon stuff. I wanted to do some with more up and down. Vertical as opposed to horizontal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I started doing with that. And again, doing it more in an abstract, um, in an abstract fashion. This one, Corona, just reminded me of being like uh, the houses and the colors, like in Mexico, when you go on surf trips and stuff like that, these cool, rich turquoise colors and bright colors and stuff like that. And the song Corona by the Minutemen that I really liked. A lot of my paintings I named after, I named after songs. So the only song that they ever uh, were, were able to license for uh, was for the Jackass series. Yeah, course. that's right. Yeah, that's the opening credit for uh, uh, Jackass. It's so funny. I keep seeing uh, Jackass ads everywhere. I guess they're bringing out a new movie uh, pretty soon. Jackass 4 opens Friday. Okay. Yeah. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, I was listening to Johnny Knoxville on Hard Stern the other day. It's pretty yeah, Me too. It seems <laughs> like it's going to be a pretty heavy <laughs> one. So I'm looking forward to seeing that for sure. Yeah. And speaking of art, um, I know that you photograph some pretty significant artists like uh, Shepard Ferry, who, I mean, I always remember him from walking around New York City and seeing the old Andre the Giant face. But he also most people in the world would probably know uh, his poster that he did uh, for uh, Barack Obama. What was it like uh, shooting him while he was working? Uh, what? what how could you tell uh, the listeners a little bit with that experience or maybe you've shot him more than once? Yeah. Uh, Shepard's very nice guys. Yeah. Uh, super creative and very well-spoken and just a really, um, he's just a really good person all around and just incredible artists, you know, way ahead of the game, you know, doing a lot of this stuff and, you know, he didn't get, I mean, he's always been popular, but he got, really popular after the Obama thing for the vote, that progress and hope poster. Um, my friend has a, in downtown LA by the arts district, he has a, um, he has access to a street called Indian alley. And, um, he will sometimes have artists find artists to do some murals down in that, uh, area. And, uh, he was like, he said he was talking to Shepard about it and I go, oh, he has this really cool, there's a uh, shot that Aaron Huey shot of, of, of a man with a whore, an Indian um, man and his uh, horse and Shepard did a print of it. I go, that could be a cool thing for that. And he ended up talking to him about it and he ended up doing that mural um, uh, in Indian Alley. And I was able to shoot him painting that mural so that was great. I remember it was really hot. It was like a hundred degrees that day. It was in August and that was in 2013. 
did that. But about scaffoldings, all that stuff. I know where that is. I, 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 yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, you, you've been there? Oh, yeah. I yeah. Know exactly what it is. Yeah, my buddy uh, um, Steve Ziegler, um, he's really does a really cool thing with uh, trying to putting artists together and uh, looking after that alley. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's really it's really a neat thing. If you have a chance, or ever in downtown LA, check out uh, Indian Alley. It's great to watch something in real time that becomes you know becomes somewhat iconic after you know after a period of time to to be able to witness something like that. Yeah, I was uh, really happy to to do that, and um, got some great photographs from that. And Shepard put a really nice post up on his website. Um, sorry about that. On, on his website and, you know, gave me credit and stuff. So I was very nice of him. <laughs> and I've been a fan. I've been collecting his artwork for years. Been, uh, collecting uh, Shepard's art for a long time. And it's still awesome. Yeah, man. It's definitely got this really distinct vibe to it um, that you kind of know right away that it's coming from one specific artist and, you know, you can't really replicate that. One other artist that I, you know, I think most people, and I would love for you to just educate us on somebody, but uh, Mr. Cartoon, who's the pretty famous uh, tattoo artist, uh, you've shot him as well, right? Was that while he was uh, tattooing? No, well, that was, um, there was an art show in 2018 called beyond the streets um and that was curated by roger gastman and roger is a big art guy and he did one in new york as well uh i think in 2019 or 2020 and those are kind of evolving um from different cities i maybe even around the world um so he asked me if i'd be interested in shooting this, you know, uh, this show, you know, had upwards of maybe a hundred artists in it. And so any time that I had off, I would be at the, uh, I guess you call it a, a gallery or what? I mean, it's just giant. It was a giant, giant space warehouse. And um, whenever people would be doing installations or doing some art, some people would paint uh, like as they're, get ready to put it up, you know, or before they're putting it up or some people already had pieces or they're touching it up or whatever. So any opportunity I can get for any of the artists, I would go on there and shoot with them. So Mr. Cartoon, I was able to uh, shoot with him twice. Um, I don't know him. He was really, really nice. You know, let yeah. me shoot. Um, let me shoot photos of them. I got some of them when I was doing some drawing, got them doing some uh, airbrushing. Um, Definitely an honor to shoot those guys. Kenny Sharf, Chaz Bohorokas, uh, Revoke, Retina, Crayola. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, Richard Coleman. Just been, it's been, that was such a great art show. And it went on for like six months. And so I was there shooting a lot of the special events behind the scenes, just if there was artist Q and A's, I would be there. I, I shot, I shot there so much. And these are some of my favorite artists, you know, um, it was, it was really, 
I feel very fortunate to be there to document a lot of this, uh, a lot of those artists um, doing their stuff. Right on. How uh, the, over the last couple of years, how has the you know situation we've all had to suffer through? How has that either impacted and or did it help you? I mean, did did it did it make you become more creative? Did it were you less creative, or was it just st- kept the status quo? A little bit of all of that because you no, know, the mindset was so weird. You know, it's like what's going on? Is it, are we going to live for? you know, next year, like what's happening. And then you can't go out anywhere, you know? And I mean, you can even go on the beach. Yeah. That was crazy. But I looked at it as some opportunities that we'll never have again. So there was times I was taking my drone down to the ocean and letting that thing go and have no one on the beach. Crazy. Wild. Wide open. I'd put it on video sometimes, let it go for like half a mile, just over the whole beach, over the water. It was, it was incredible. It's when we had the bioluminescence. I don't know if you saw that, those blue waves. Oh, yeah. Come in. yeah, the blue waves. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, I have one, a photo of it right there <laughs> um, on the wall. But um, that was an incredible, that was like nature's gift at that time when there was nothing really to look forward to. And then like, you can't go on the beach. Like, yeah, right. So all you see, it's like, and it's at late at night, two in the morning, three in the morning, whatever. And it's like ants all over. You can just see silhouettes of people and police trucks coming down the beaches, trying to get everybody off on their, you Were know, they like, being strict? Were they being oh yeah. Strict? They're trying to kick everybody off. Really? Like even local guys like you, I mean, you can't go down your own beach. Unbelievable. This is during COVID, you know, during, yeah, like, I guess you, weren't, you weren't allowed to go on the beach. Yeah. So it was like, and they don't know who I, I mean, it's just, they just see figures yeah. that are scurrying right. around, you know, like running around, True. you know, yeah. and it, but I just thought that was kind of a, a really cool thing to have happen, you know, during such a horrible time. It was like nature's paintbrush coming to life at night, you know, and just up and down the coast. And it stayed for a long time. Usually I'll come in for maybe a couple of days and yeah. get that red tide. It was there for like a month. It's an it's an algae uh, phenomenon. Yeah, the algae. That right? yeah, yeah, that's right. So it was like really thick and just it was there. And that's so, awesome. That's really cool. You know, I got night drone shots of it too, and watching the waves and it looked like fireworks exploding through the white water. That's crazy. It, it, it was it was you know it was, it was incredible, you know. And there was also times that like were, but then like. And there's like times I just didn't really feel like doing much. It was kind of blah. And, you know, it was just, it was such a weird mindset. It still is, but it's like more manageable now. It's like kind of just dealing with what's happening right now and figuring on how to get through it and how to just keep rolling along. And hopefully we have some end at some, t- at some point. Some point. But, you know, um, but it was, it was weird because, you know, then like, you know, business was like, everything kind of just shut off for a bit. Then once everybody realized uh, that we're probably going to be okay and stuff, then stuff come, started coming back online and everything. It's nice. I, I like to look at it as a, 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 in a positive way, if I, as whenever I can, in that it was a, a good reset for humanity. Maybe we were supposed to go back home for a little while. Maybe we we're supposed to relax with all the action for a little while and hopefully that's what it serves as 
at least that's, I, I mean you know. yeah for sure you know it's like people appreciate like, appreciate the algae bloom like you're talking about and and, and appreciate I, I love hearing that that that's your your takeaway from it because so many you know it, it was obviously wasn't easy but not all things are bad you know yeah and you know people you know have to spend more time with their families you know and exactly you can zoom with your friends even though like you'd see your friends or at least you had other ways to do things or if you figured out the correct way to do the you know the uh, driveway happy hours or stuff you can still kind of you can do stuff but you know it's just just got to get creative with doing you it. had to get creative you, know, that... you got to think outside the box to do yeah. things and a lot of stuff's changed as a result of covid yeah yeah and so I, I... There's also a, you know, there's always a yang to a yin, and there was also that point of people being on the internet way too much. <laughs> oh yeah, there, there's plenty of time for that. There's the dark side to that too. Oh dude, I I bought one of those uh like HDMI little uh, Nintendos like so I could play Super Mario Brothers just to kill some time. I I, I, I wasn't talking about video game playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> You know, you see everybody's like redoing all their homes and their homes and everything like that, too. You know, it's like there's nothing to do. So, you know, let's work on the house and do all this stuff. So, I mean, pick up projects you haven't picked up. And yeah, exactly. So you, just don't, you just don't have time to do stuff. So it's nice to get back into just doing picking up time to do little things you don't have time to do. So, yeah. Do you have a family down there? Uh, I'm I'm I. I'm with my girlfriend. Oh, nice. Okay. And yeah. you have a dog. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's her dog. But I love her most of beach, man. I like the, <laughs> uh, the classic, uh, the, the, the coin only uh, um, parking meters. All, all no, those, yeah. Those are gone for the most part. They're gone. The last bastion of old. Uh, of oh, old yeah. LA, those were brutal. <laughs> right uh just as uh, you know i'm jealous of you guys but uh you know all you guys in la but uh my wife and i would always go down whenever we, we would go to la like once a year and one spot we always went down to is manhattan beach and they had this outdoor mall and i know that you were involved with a project over there and everyone that's listening uh i i would implore you to go check out uh brent's um, and this could be a two-part question. The way you do these uh, blurred images of the horizon and the beach is fucking so amazing. It's really Thank you. captivating. And I know that I think your work kind of was involved with that mall. Is it, Do you call it a mall or it's like an out? Yeah, it's a new mall. I'm so sorry. I, I forgot to plug my computer in. It's about ready to run out of juice. <laughs> I'm trying to take your time. But yeah, I guess maybe could you just tell us a little bit Yeah, here we go. I think I I think I may have All right, got it. Cool. Got it. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that technique that is like I have never seen it quite the way you do it and also that association that you have with the outdoor area cuz I remember when my wife and I would always go down there check it out go to like the nikukai surf shop and whatnot and then we would always get like a smoothie or a cup of coffee and then yes. i saw that your work was like i want to say it was like wrapped around or it was you i'll let you say yeah it looks really awesome man well thank you um yeah that's the the manhattan village in manhattan beach and so that was a really really nice uh thing because 
when I was a kid, you know, malls were cool in the eighties, you know, and like, it was new for us. I think that thing got built originally it used to be um, just fields when we were younger in the seventies. I think probably around 82 or so it got built into a mall. And so they had a movie theater there and, you know, food courtyards and hog and dogs, all these different cool little places. And so that was like the thing you did in high school. So I had really great fun memories of hanging out there a lot, but, you know, over years, you know, kind of just went, to the wayside and just aged out a bit, but they went through this new renovation and they reached out to me about, um, they said they had nine barricades. So they're basically like, you know, like a storefront before it's getting ready to open. So it's just shuttered with a board in front of it. And they go, um, and they did this beautiful um, renovation with like faux grass and pools and walkways and, you know, chairs and, just really a, a nice place to relax and spend time with your family and friends. And it's, we go it's, every have, time. What's that? I go there with my wife every time I'm in town. Okay. I don't know yeah. if that's like a dorky touristy thing to do, but we love it. No, it's, yeah. it's incredible what they did with uh renovation of it. Yeah. And they, and so, um, so they, when they reached out to me, they say, we have an idea. Well, we have these, spaces there are five on one side and four on the other and these are 15 feet by 40 feet 15 by 90 was the largest one so it's like this big long corridor it's called the plaza that is the entry to before you go into the actual mall they have a couple freestanding restaurants and stuff outside where that where that place is and they said but these are these are temporary but we love to get some of your artwork on there. If you have any idea how to go about this. So I went there, I took photos and I kind of photoshopped them. I go, I think I have an idea. I do these blurred images of the horizons of the ocean, but I do morning ones. That's called the serenity series. We have these softer pastel colors. And then I have the Fireline series. We have these richer, vibrant, orange, red, purple. Uh, and so on one side, it's all soft. And so I, plugged in all those like five different images of, of the serenity ones. And then I did four of the uh, fireline ones. So wait, I, I'm just so, just so I'm catching, just so I, I'm clear. These are, are murals of blown up photos. Yes. Wow. How, so how does that, I mean, that alone seems like a daunting task. How do you print that out or how do you make that? They, they did it all. I mean, wow. You're dealing with a, a commercial development, you know, yeah. Project. That's incredible, man. That, so, that's, but, that, <laughs> you know, but I had the files and stuff like that. And I, and I, and I, they gave me the sizes of everything. And it was cool because they gave me like, this is basically the canvas. What, what might work here? And so I tried to, so I just sent them a little, you know, a little proposal of what I thought, what colors and how it might lend itself. Nice. And, they love the idea. They say Amazing. this is really, really. We love you this. Say it, Pete. It's it's really well. I mean, large scale art like that. It's always impressive. So I mean, to you don't see it often. That's I mean, that's essentially why. And you're 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 blowing up these photographs. That huge. I got to go see it. That sounds great. Yeah, I mean, it was it's incredible. Like like I said, they're temporary, but they've been open. I think they've been there for like almost a year. Can't really remember. 
but I think it's almost a year. And um, and three of the original nine are gone, but still, it's still very prominent in there. But after I did those, there's a restaurant that has a walkway that has three, I think they're like 25 footers. And I did one blur in three different panels. Like a triptych? It's a triptych of one, but it happened to be like totally, it was great. It was like made for that spot, it seemed like, because when I did it, a wave was breaking like this, like in the center, and then just both went out like that. So it was like just equidistant, and it just like fit there. And so when you're in the restaurant looking out, it looks like you're just looking at this perpetual sunset, opposed to just looking at a white wall. Right. So now it adds a little flavor to it. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it, it, um, I'm really, really glad that they um, chose me to do that. It means a lot to me, you know, being a local guy from Manhattan beach, uh, them reaching out to me. And I have so many um, memories of that mall. That's, that's sick, man. Uh, We want to be mindful of your time, man. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. What, can you tell what what should we be checking for? What do you got coming up that you're working on, or is there anything uh, you'd like to let people know about that they should be looking out for? Right now, I'm just, you know, I'd like to do another art show soon, but I'm just kind of waiting for the COVID thing to mellow out. It's just, you know, it takes a lot of time and energy. I just want to make sure it's the right time to do it. Yeah, for everybody's yeah. Um, people behind it, and you know, for me and all that stuff. Um, but for the most part, I'm out just, uh, I'm shooting and I'm painting, um, and just trying to stay busy with, with that stuff. So I'm always just looking for new things to do. And so I'm just doing that. And if you want to look at any of my stuff, I have my Instagram, which is a uh, Broza photo, or you can find my name, Brent Broza. You'll, under my name, Brent Broza, B-R-O-Z-A, you'll find like five different emails. So I've got one that's wine, one's painting, one's the abstract blurs, one's just photography. And then one I have of artists that I just shoot artists, and just artist photos. Um, and um, my website, brozaphoto.com. Brozaphoto? Brozaphoto.com. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely link up to all that man, when, when this comes out. And uh, I mean, what a great, great story, man. Great meeting you and great, great speaking with you. Really impressive stuff. And uh, I love that the really the essence of Southern California. You got, you, you got it. <laughs> well, I thank you guys very much um, for the opportunity and thanks for having me on. It was really nice to talk to you guys. Yeah. And uh, Brian, I just, uh, I'm really grateful that, you know, the, one of the cool things is that, you know, we share is that Clancy is our buddy and it's just really cool that absolutely you know, love that guy. When you get to meet someone through a, fr- a friend and you just know, you're just like, you, you who's been a guest like, twice on our show. Yeah. He's been a guest yeah. twice and we're going to do, I don't know if we're going to do Japanese uh, whiskey whiskey, or we're going to do some more wine. He's talking about doing, uh, I vote for whiskey. Not, yeah. We want to do this <laughs> really hard to get right now. Go figure. Yeah. But, uh, Clancy is a great dude and um, love so, Clancy. Yeah, dude. How do you not? And just also, man, like just the um, spirit of um, Aloha and Hawaii is just, I'll just, I'll never forget it. Just going there is just incredible. And it's just, uh, 
I don't know. Makes me sentimental, and I really appreciate your time, man. And uh, thank you. And we'll we'll be we'll let all the listeners know where to find your work. And Roger, I'll let you take it out with uh, your words well, of wisdom here, sir. I want to thank Mr. Brent Broza for coming on board. And you check out his artwork at brozaphoto.com. That's correct. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Broza Photo. B R O Z A P H O T O dot com. And uh, I want to thank all the listeners for joining us on this episode of five dollar buzz if you have any comments or questions about this or any other episode or any ideas for guests or topics you'd like us to discuss in the future please email us at five dollar buzz and that's f-i-v-e-d-o-l-l-a-r-b-u-z-z at gmail.com don't forget to hit like and subscribe and uh, hopefully we will get back to you as soon as we get done taking down that 63 foot waves ourselves ladies and gentlemen thank you have a good night Right on you guys. Thank you.